It does take time to grow to be more like God. And sometimes there are tremendous obstacles that we face as we're striving to do that. I grew up on the beaches of California. The local sand said it was time for me to leave. And after school, I ended up in Baltimore, Maryland, and got to see that part of the country. Went to the Smokies and saw that part of the country. And I remember thinking when we were down in North Carolina at a retreat, and on the top of one of those mountains, of looking to the west and seeing nothing but trees. Hills and trees and hills and trees. And wondering how anybody could stand on one of those hills, see nothing but trees, and then take off and just go. Get to that mountain, climb up that mountain, look out there, and there's nothing but trees and hills and trees and hills. And the one time I, first time I was able to fly back to California, I remember flying towards the Rocky Mountains. One of the beauties of airplanes is you get to look down and see things from a total different perspective. One of the things I noticed was at the foot of the Rockies, there were a lot of cities. In other words, when they got to the Rockies, they brought across the Mississippi and a few other obstacles. When they got to the Rockies, they stopped. Where they were wanting to go was to go as far west as they could, but they stopped at the foot of the Rockies, settled down and built there. And then as you flew over the Rockies, you look on the other side of the Rockies, at the foot of those Rockies on the western side, there are more cities. Once they got over that obstacle, I'm stopping, not going any farther. Then you got the desert. When you get beyond the desert, at the end of the desert, there's a bunch of communities there. They got through the desert and they say, this is as far as I'm going, they're not going any farther. And finally, some of them were brave enough to go all the way out to the Pacific Ocean. Kind of like life. You have obstacles in your life. And some of them are huge. But what do you do? The song is saying we need to take time. Spend time with God. You see, He has a different perspective on what's going on down here than you do. He can see it totally different than we do. That's why we're to trust Him. To take that time to walk with Him and to listen to His Word. To help us as we face whatever obstacle that it is. Now think about those in the early days when they got to the Mississippi. You know, what did they do? You know, trying to find a place to cross. Or how far north do you go or how far south do you go in the Mississippi River before you find a place that you can cross? Uh, they just had to forge out across. There's always obstacles that we face in life. And they may seem insurmountable to us. But again, as we go through those and conquer those, I mentioned before that when we lived in the St. Louis area and also in, in Baltimore, 
uh, every once in a while they would bring a replica of the Santa Maria down for display. And to stand on the deck of that ship and then to think, I mean, it looked just like a big rowboat in comparison to what they have ships today. And to think that those men would climb aboard that ship and set out across the Atlantic Ocean just to see where it led. We have one who guides us. Peter, as he's writing to the Christians of his day, in the first letter and in the first chapter, starting at verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. So all begins in the mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Be alert. Be aware. Be aware of where you are. Be aware of where it is that you're desiring to go. And put your trust in God and in that grace that will be brought at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We cannot see that promised land of heaven. We have some idea from here of what it may be like, but we really do not. And ours is to go across and to face those obstacles as we come, as we come to them with confidence in God. There's a way over that river. There's a way over that mountain. There's a way through that desert. And there's a way over those mountains that are there until you get to where you want to be. Do we trust God to be able to do that with us? As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. I made it this far, and that's as far as I want to go. I'm happy right here. Those that live there enjoy where they live. And wherever they, wherever we have settled down at times, we have been happy with where we are. As obedient children, Jesus reminds us, God reminds us, the Spirit reminds us, those that are in Christ remind us. But listen, down here isn't home. We're just passing through this land. And whatever we face in this land, do not let it take you away from where you want to go. To do that, you have to trust the voice of the Savior. You have to trust God. That as he leads, as you get to those chasms and as you get to those high mountain peaks, God's with you. And he'll see you through those. Uh, the confidence that we need to have as, as obedient children. Conforming yourselves, not conforming yourselves to the former lust that was in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. I was thinking, as we were singing the song, holy, holy, holy. Now all three are the same word, but I'm thinking there are two other words that are holy. 
that would not always fit in there. One starts with a W. Be holy, be complete. Holy, be pure and righteous. But sometimes we put an, N at the other, at the, an E at the end of the other one. Holy. We got gaps in our spirituality. We got holes that are there. And we need to remove those. And we need to be reminded of what it is that God is laying before us and the hope that we have with him one day. Be holy as he is holy, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. That's how it's written down for us, to be godly, to be godlike in an ungodly world, to be pure in a world that is vanishing away, to rise above the impurities that we see for the glory that we expect to receive one day. And to keep that perspective in front of us, as those who traveled west had no idea exactly where they were going to see how far the land was, but to see beyond what they were facing and to see that they were just obstacles, they were not barriers that they could go no further than that. Or to go from Spain coming to America during a time when they believed that the world was flat and the ships would go out so far and over they go. And the willingness to trust and to go. Do we do that spiritually? Do we go so far and believe that's as far as we can go, that we're just going to fall off? Not if we trust and not if we believe what we have written for us in God's word. Be holy as he is holy. He would never leave us or forsake us. And if you call on the Father who, who without partiality judges according to each man's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear or in respect. If you believe that God judges without partiality, and that's the only way that it can be, God has to be no respecter of persons. Otherwise, what he does and how he treats is not fair. And when you're the one receiving the partiality, that's fine. But if you're the one who's not receiving the partiality, that's not what you like. You don't like seeing partiality shown to another. And God does not show that. And ours is to believe then that we've got this task And this task is lifelong. And we're to fight it until the end of our day. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. See, you've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, And without spot. You need to know how much God has planned. You need to know how much God has mapped out. You read in the Psalms, he knows what you think before you think it. He knows what you're going to speak before you speak it. That knows you pretty well. 
said, I knew you were when you were formed and shaped. He knows us. He's mapped out. Ours is to trust him. But as those early pioneers went out and made the trick to the, to the west and came back with a map, then you had to follow the map. And as they followed the map so many times as they took those wagon trains west, mentioned before that oftentimes they say you could follow. You knew where the trail was because of the, of the wagon trains that have gone before you. Because the pathway was scattered with what they tossed off. Somebody carrying a, an organ with them. And then as they had to travel across a couple of rivers and a couple of mountains, they decided they didn't want to carry that thing anymore. And it went off. They said the trails are just littered with what the pioneers left behind. Is that, is that not what we do with our life? We're going through it. And we're learning to cast off things, are we not? Find out there's some things that are not quite as important as we thought they were. And we're able to lay them aside and to press on. Because we indeed believe there's something far greater beyond this world. I stand in all of this world in which we live. Again, growing up around the redwood trees, the sequoias, beautiful, magnificent. Being told that they've been there for 3,000 years. 3,000 years. That puts them before Christ ever walks on this earth. But they're going to be gone in an instant. They're going to be gone in the flash as this world disintegrates. Do we trust him in what we're doing? That he has a map. If we follow that map. He indeed will lead us to where we want to go. Press on. Keep, that main, main, keep maintaining that confidence in who you're listening to. Again, the world says, as they did oftentimes and many times by those in the tr- wagon trains, we can't do that. That's too far. We can't go up that mountain. We, can't, we cannot go down that mountain. You know how steep it is. And whatever else is there, all those obstacles, there are tremendous obstacles. When I was younger, I had family that would travel back and forth between Arkansas, Tennessee, and Georgia, different family members. Well, they married southern boys. We lived in San Diego, and so when you live in San Diego, that's a Navy base. And so three of my sisters married Navy men from the south. Anyway, they'd make the trip back and forth once in a while, and I always heard them talk about traveling across the desert, Mojave Desert. But they'd have to stop, make sure they had plenty of water there and a canteen in front on the, on the radiator and so forth, and they'd wait tonight to cross over. And I heard that all my life. And when I left California coming back to go to school, I left, I don't know what time it was. Anyway, I drove all the way across the desert. I was completely across the Mojave Desert before I realized it. I said, What? And all this time, I've heard them talk about, all oh, the hot and how they had to wait and so on and so forth. But overheated, they had to wait and put more water in the radiator and so on and so forth. Well, times change. It's not as bad as it was. The other obstacles you get to face. That's the way it is through life. You conquer one set of obstacles, you've got some more to, to conquer. But the thing is, 
Each step you take, what? Brings you one step closer to where you want to be. So yeah, each step is worth it. Each sacrifice that you have to get rid of or to let go of to take that one step is worth it because it brings you closer to God who will save us at the end. We've been redeemed with that precious blood. And we need to have that hope in Him within our life. So we are to take that time to be holy. We're to admonish one another. Teaching in our songs and our singing and our hymns, teaching and admonishing one another. So it's the songs of four. Stop, calm down, and reflect. We want to see God parting the Red Sea. We want to see God and doing all the magnificent things that he's done in the creation of the universe and so forth. Elijah was looking for that and all the places he thought God would be speaking to him from. And that's not it. What are we told? Be still and know that I am the Lord. Quit looking for the spectacular. Be still and know that God is. Know that he's in he's with you. That he cares about you. That he is working his will. We have our own definition of his working his will out of my life. And ours is to trust him. There are things that are painful. But they remind us of the brevity of this life. Things that are sorrowful. But there are things that are glorious that lie ahead. If we're not careful, we want to get real comfortable here where everything is pleasant and there's no problems to be faced. And we forget about eternity. This isn't it. Encourage one another. Believe that the word of Christ will dwell in us richly. It's the purpose of our singing, getting you to think the richness of God, of his word, of his grace, of his mercy, of how he works in our life. Hear me when I call. Are we listening when he calls? I'm asking God to hear me. Is there a problem? Am I hearing him? Am I wanting to hear his voice? This is what I want from you, David. This is the life I want you to live. This is the direction I want you to go in. But Lord, that's not where I want to go. That's not what I thought I would be able to do. You need to listen to me. No, I need to listen to God. He listens to my prayers, yes. He answers them, yes. He answers them in accordance with his will, his plan. Which again, may be totally opposite with what we plan along the way. We're to be holy in our conduct. Desire to do his will. The, the world rushes on. 
Constant change. We were discussing that a little bit at lunch and talking about the time that they're in the process of building cars that fly. And we may or may not ever see them. I don't know. But we're just talking about that. You think about a car that can fly, rises vertically, and can fly and can go 200 miles an hour. Can you imagine that going that across Dallas? And a car, a plane that's flying at 200 miles an hour? What are your guidelines? They don't follow the guidelines on the highway. What are they going to do in the air when they have no guidelines? Maybe radar control or something, um, beams or whatever it is. But I'm just simply saying, we live in a fast-paced world, if you will. But doesn't matter how fast it is, it's still going to come to an end. And are we wanting to do his word? This world press, rushes on. And I need to live my life in the light of God's word. James reminds me my life is a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away in James 4, 13 and 14. And that's always amazing to me. You've heard me say before that it's, it's frightening. I live in a vapor. By the, say, by the time I said the word vapor, the vapor is gone. I live in this vapor. And in this vapor, I determine where I will be eternally. That ever stop you cold in your feet? Make you stop and catch your breath and reconsider? Am I going to go through life haphazardly? Not thinking about it? Oh, that really doesn't matter. I'll do that later. I've got time for that. And I want to go into eternity, or I'm going to go into eternity unprepared to meet your God, our God. I don't know. And you think about how little you really know. And you're determining where you're going to be eternally. Because do you not learn more each day that you live? Do you not have a different understanding of the nature of God and how he loves us and how he works in our lives? The more you study, you get in there, the more you learn and say, oh, wow, I see how that begins to fit in now. But until I saw that, I'm determining where I'm going to be eternally. I need to be careful. Why he tells us we're to be like the Father. Be ye holy as the Father is holy. You need to make that determination to the best of our ability to do the things that he would have us to do. Now, before we know it, times have just slipped by. For those of you or us, uh, I was going to say you, but us has to be included here. For those of us that are grandparents, and for some of you that are great-grandparents, and some of you that are great-great-grandparents, I hear you say it. Where did the time go? Before you knew it, kids were grown and God got gone, got kids of their own, they're grown and God gone, and they got kids of their own. Where did the time go? Not just where did the time go. What did I do during that time? 
I still got time. You ever say that? I still got time. Time can fleetly or quickly be gone if we're not careful. And if we're not careful, just take time to be holy. The time to develop holiness will be gone. It takes time to be godly. It takes effort to be godlike. And unless we get started on being godlike, the time is going to be gone for us to be able to do that. And then we deal with unprepared to meet thy God. And that's, that is indeed frightening. Spend time with the Lord. Take that time and spend it with the Lord. A lot of things you find out in life, they're there. Time to be with the Lord, it can quickly be gone. We're going to use the time wisely then. And it's hard to set the priorities. I live in this world, but I am not to be of this world. I live with the time refraints that are given to me in this world. Find out I have no more time than you've got. We've all got 24 hours a day. That's it. You don't got a second more than or a second less. And each day that is you lived it, and as this day draws to a close, no way to relive it. No way to redo it. No way to change what you did today because it's gone. And the question often has been, you gave a day of your life. Was it worth it? Is it worth it? To whatever you did, is it worth it? If you did not spend it doing what the Lord would want us to do. Spend time in prayer. Know how much the Lord works with us. Again, I'm always intrigued by God already giving us answers that we need. The Hebrew writer reminds us in Hebrews chapter 4. Reminds us he's talking about Jesus. And verse 14 says, excuse me, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You need to know who you have on your side. You have a high priest who does sympathize with you. You have a high priest who can say, I know what you're going for, going through. That's one of the qualifications for the priest, was it not? They had to be from men, for they can understand what man is going through. He's our high priest. He's the son of God, but he's our high priest, so he can sympathize with us. And that he's one who was tempted in all points as we are, in all areas as we are, yet without sin. So what is he saying? 
When you sin, what? We're not looking in the right place. He's there to help us overcome that. He's saying you can overcome that. Paul would tell the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12 and following, that God is faithful and just, who will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able to bear. God is faithful and just who will not allow us to be tempted above what we're able to bear. Temptation's going to be there, but you can bear it. You can come through it. And he has provided a way of escape. Part of it is turning to God in prayer here in Hebrews. A great high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. That we can come boldly. I love that part too. Love how God works in our life. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't have to come timidly. God, I'm, I'm facing something and I really don't know how to handle it. You have bold access to God to help you in that time of need. So, whose fault is it when we don't use it? God, you didn't give me enough time. God, I had too much on my plate. God, I was overwhelmed with what I was having to deal with. He said, you have what you need. Use what you got. Use what you got. Kind of like the story of a young boy being told by his dad to go out and remove the rocks from the, out of the pasture. And he goes out there and he works on them. He gets all the little ones out and the medium-sized one. Finally gets up to a big boulder and he works on it and works on it and can't budge it. He tries anything he can find. Try to get a board under it to lift it up and can't do it. And he works on it for a long time. He said, Dad, I can't do it. It doesn't work out. Dad said, have you used everything you know? He said, I've used everything I know, and I cannot get it to budge. He said, no, you haven't used everything you know. You have. He said, what do you mean? You have not asked me. You didn't ask your dad to help. Is that how we face life? I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I've got to do it, but I can't do it. I can't do it. Have you asked God? He's there to help. That comes with our taking time to be holy, speaking off with our Lord, looking for his guidance, looking for his direction, so that indeed we can be who God knows that we can be. And we can be who God desires us to be. And we can be who God will help us to be if we deny ourselves, take up that cross, and follow him. Are you coming to Jesus tonight? Doesn't matter the condition. Doesn't matter the situation. The question is, are you coming to Jesus? Are you willing to come to him for him to help you in the life that you live? Are you willing to ask him to walk with you through this life and to let go and let God? Well, that's the decision that we each have to make in our life daily. He provides the way. The question is, will we use the way that he has provided? 
May we be subject to that invitation if God could assist us or help us in that decision. We would encourage you to come as together we stand and sing.